Hi, this is Steve Kelly. Thanks for tuning in for the podcast of this week's Saturday Sports Talk program with Lauren Tate and myself. And a special thanks to the folks at Kirby Wealth Management Group for their sponsorship of the podcast. We hope you enjoy Saturday Sports Talk. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies focus on your income. At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we focus on your outcome. That's why we know what it takes to succeed both on your balance sheet and in your life. It takes the right financial partner who looks at where you are now, where you want to go, and designs a financial plan to take you there. We're here to help you achieve the life that you're after, today and every day after. Focus on your financial outcome with Kirby Wealth Management Group. To get started, visit our website at justin-kirby.com. It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. I'm not dead. I'm in Pittsburgh. Where a man can lose his mind. I'm not dead. I'm in Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pellas Saturday Sports Talk. If you got to be somewhere, it might as well be Pittsburgh. I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm in I'm Pittsburgh. I'm in Pittsburgh. And for a couple of more days, or at least one more day. And We're not in Pittsburgh, but we our, our hearts are there. <laughs> yeah, and Illinois happy to be there after it looked for a couple of hours like uh, they would be back here with us on uh, this Saturday morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. With you until 11 o'clock today. A lot of basketball talk in the... Uh, First hour of the show, the phone lines are open right now, so let us have it, 217-356-9397. Steve, I want to mention one thing. Yeah. This game is no different from most. Most games are settled in the last eight minutes if they're under 10 points, right? If you're 10 points ahead, you got to play. If you're 10 points behind, you're still in the game. And they were never ten points behind in the last eight minutes. No, but they, they were, were right there on the. They were close all the time. They were fourteen down though early in the. Oh yeah, well, the, fourteen down the first half. What does that mean? It doesn't Nothing. mean much, but yeah, you don't like the way they were playing. And no, uh, no, I didn't say they played well. The way <laughs> no. they came out. Well, how many times has Illinois had one stolen from them? 
Well, that's right. I just looked up today, Steve. Are you ready for this? Yep. An even dozen games. Twelve NCAA tournament losses by three points or less for Illinois, historically. Going all the way back to 1951. And I, 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 guess, I'm going, I guess it goes back to 1942 when the Whiz Kids were when the Whiz Kids were sophomores, they lost a two-pointer in the tournament, and Illinois has been losing two-pointers ever since, or three-pointers. And then, of course, that doesn't include the 75-71 loss in 2005 in the national championship game, which was a real close game, but they took too many threes in that game, and we took too many threes again last night, although 17 is not too many if you hit a fair share. Yeah, they over the first half. and over 9. Yeah. To begin with, so it uh, worked out okay. Uh, we uh, get, do have the phone lines open. Got a couple of callers early. By the way, game time tomorrow, Illinois versus Houston is eleven ten on CBS and right here on the Fighting Illini Sports Network. And that's Champagne Time. Mm-hmm, champagne Time. That's the first of the uh, games tomorrow. Matter of fact, it's a Big Ten triple header right off the off the gauge. You've got uh, Illinois versus Houston, Ohio State versus Villanova. Michigan State versus Duke. Oops. <laughs> Actually, the, the um, yeah, 11, 10, 140, and 4.15 are the times there. And then Wisconsin plays at 5.10. Well, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Illinois got by the skin of their teeth. They did. Let's see what Tom has to say in Champaign. Good morning, Tom. You're on the air. Morning. Good morning. Uh, that was quite an exciting win yesterday. I'd just like to hear your guys' thoughts. I'm not going to name any names or uh, individuals, but I sure would like it if we could focus on not turning the ball over. Uh, we had a tough shooting shooting uh, first half, but if, if we could eliminate some of those unforced turnovers, boy, you get another chance at the at shooting the ball at the basket. What, what are your thoughts? Well, you, you could mention names if you want. Ten of the 14 turnovers were either by Kofi or Curbelo. So that uh, yeah. that, that certainly yeah. hurts. And, uh, and we need them both. Exactly. And they come with turnovers. They, they come with turnovers. Exactly. But, yes, that'd yeah, be nice to get that. Frustrating. Get, frustrating. Well, it happens in every game. Watch watch the games. The people turn the ball over and uh, – and, uh, would you like to have that under 10? Sure. But uh, maybe next time we'll, it'll be that way. We'll see. There was some slippage on that court, too. I know it's a Yeah, there was. I don't know if that's a result of the fact it's a hockey arena or not. Steve, is your, what's your opinion? I would on say that? it is, partly anyway. Anything else, Tom? No, I just uh, will be uh, keeping our fingers crossed for tomorrow uh, and go line night. Appreciate the call. Let's stay in Champaign. And Eric is with us. Good morning, Eric. Hey, good morning, guys. I, you know, I, I had to search my records to find a, a worse basketball game that I've ever watched. I mean, they won, but it, it reminded me of that Penn State game, 38-33-2009. It was such a bad basketball game, I couldn't believe it. I mean, the quality of it is just, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so they were they really lucked out on that one. If they played anybody that was really good, they'd probably lose by double digits. That's at least my opinion on that one. And we want to we want to talk about you know all the good things Underwood did, but where was like Melendez and all the anybody off the bench? They didn't play any of those guys. That's Very better surprising. for Illinois to not play so many people off the bench. When he substitutes, that's when the troubles start. Except for Curbelo, or Curbelo's mm. probably should be starting. I mean, it doesn't matter whether he starts or not. But he played thirty minutes. 
But uh, this is no place for freshmen. Why would why you got well, a guy coming off a appendectomy and good he hadn't played in a month that mattered. Uh, so I don't I don't understand the why I, you're you're the third or fourth person that's mentioned. Why didn't we play the freshman? Steve mentioned it to me this morning. Well, plus I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. Plus I, I the timeouts are in there. Timeouts are even longer when yeah, you get to this yeah. point. The timeouts, timeouts are like five minutes. And you got all all this time. Well, People need to you need to play your best players. I want the other team to play their freshmen. That's what I want. Mm. Tell them to put them in there. That's <clears> what I. That's that's good. I I flinch I, I every time want, Illinois substitutes. I just didn't like the lineup when you had Curbelo, uh, Demonte Williams, and um, you know Kofi out there, and those guys, and then you have like two guys who didn't want to shoot, so you had a really hard time putting up anybody who could actually shoot a basketball up, you know, from anywhere away from the basket. That was the only thing I didn't like about the the lineups out there. Do you they think really that the lineup would time. be enhanced if we played the freshmen? Well, I give them a chance. What I'm saying, it can't be any worse. <laughs> Put it that way. The way it was going, I'm just saying. But um, and let's talk about the uh, on Houston uh, coming up on Sunday. I was looking at the, all the uh, the numbers. That'll be the second best team they played all year. Uh, only Arizona's better analytically. Analytically wise, Houston's the best uh, defensive team in the country. Watching them last night, they look really, really impressive too. So <clears throat> that'll be a major challenge as a four point dog in that game on Sunday. Is that what it is? Where Illinois is a four point underdog? Yeah. Is, is that correct? Correct. I hadn't looked it up yet yes. this morning. Okay. Yeah, four points. So, mm-hmm. well, anyway, I, I, I like our, I like her chances against Houston. I don't, maybe I'm crazy. I just do. I, I mean, <laughs> their center doesn't look uh, imposing to me. I mean, he does weigh two forty five, but he looked rather relatively slender as I watched him play. And I think they're going to have to double team Kofi, and and we're going to have to figure out ways to for Kofi to get the ball out to shooters, and shooters are going to have to make baskets. But Illinois will get shots. Illinois will get shots if they can just make some. They're just shooting so bad. Their shooting has been terrible for, a, and it's been very erratic for a long time. Uh, you know, you remember the Michigan State and, and Northwestern wins. We didn't get 60 in either game. But we won both games because mm-hmm. of tremendous defense. And I thought the defense last night was as good as it gets. So half the time you're on defense, and half the time they played really well. Other than gotcha. that, offensively, they weren't very good. <laughs> you can't go three for 17. I know that. And that's what they did. All right, did. guys. All right. That's all I got. Thanks a lot. Good stuff. Thanks, Eric. Let's go to Urbana. GB is with us. Good morning. Yeah. I've been wondering for about 40 years why the college game doesn't go to six fouls like the pro game. Well, they should. Yeah. <laughs> It'd make it a lot better. I mean, it's good now, but just think how it would look. You could play Kofi with two fouls. And I think I think it'd be a lot better. But uh, yeah. Rich Falk I, I, I fought agree. for that when he was commissioner of uh, officials in the Big Ten. Rich Falk, the former coach at Northwestern, sought right. to get six fouls and couldn't get it through. I wonder why. Well, well, well was the guy from uh, Indiana? Who, who's the head of the of uh, the, it was a Neville Brand? What's his name? Neville Brand or something of Indiana? Yeah, that's an actor of, uh, I know. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> He's an old Western okay. actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. But but there's some guy in last name named Brand. Name named Brand, isn't it from Indiana? Yeah, you're right. Yep, of, yep. Uh, it wasn't Neville. But I remember Neville Brand. He had that that voice, that funny voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, we played, never know where we're going here, do we? Yeah, he he, he played the Texas Rangers. <laughs> Maybe he played the the head of the NCAA at some point too. <laughs> hey, thanks for the call, GB. We appreciate hey, it. I, I, you know, you know, one more one more thing. I okay. think I, I agree. I think Luke Goody should have done played a little bit. At least, like he can shoot. Well, the problem with shooting is you got to get shots. Not a lot of guys. Yeah. I get the, I can think of ten thousand guys that can shoot. They're all yeah, over yeah, high school Trent, basketball. Trent, Trent. The reason Trent, they're not Trent. playing in college is they can't get shots. And yeah, Trent 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 hadn't been able to hit the side of the barn the last five games. Well, he's been, something happened. I think they kidnapped I know, him. I know. <laughs> the aliens kidnapped him. Yeah, the aliens kidnapped him, and I wasn't. Yeah. I, I didn't see it, but that's what happened. Hey, hey you know what? I think I like our chances too a little bit. I didn't think at first, but when I heard you talking to the other fella, I said, "Yeah, I think you know we might have a good chance. You never know." Well, sure. I think Illinois four point underdog doesn't mean anything. Illinois was a seven point under uh, favorite against uh, Chattanooga, and it's what five point favorite against and, Indiana, yeah. and they didn't play well either game. And you might see the freshman in this game. It might be a totally different game. Sure, you and, might not. Well, I, I, I tell you, Coleman Hawkins for last night games been playing. Super. Yeah, he he does make a few mistakes, like Curbelo. They're both sophomores, yeah. and they make sophomoric mistakes. But you're right. I mean, but, this is the thing that I keep pointing out, and nobody pays any attention to me, is that this is an entirely different basketball team with Curbelo right. and Coleman Hawkins in the game. They, they make it a different team, and it's not the same team that we saw back in December when the and it's not this, you know. It's this is a, a different. They're going about things differently now. Do you think Kofi's gonna go pro after this year? I, I don't think he's. I mean, I don't think a lot of pro teams like. I don't know. What do well, you think? There's Europe, and there's different places you can play professionally. He's not. He's not going to be playing in the NBA, according to the scouts. Well, well, the guy that played at um, Iowa, what's his name? Uh, he's on the Dallas Mavericks D team. What's his last name? You mean Garza? Garza, Garza, Garza. Yeah, he's on the D team in Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, he and Neville Brand, they're they're playing there together. <laughs> <laughs> hey, GV, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Oh, all right, take take care, guys. Bye. <laughs> Let's go down to Edwardsville and bring in Bill. What do you say, Bill? Yeah, I disagree with Lon on playing uh, the former freshman. It's the end of the year. Uh, Lon doesn't and is no longer a freshman. He's a sophomore at this point, but. You cannot be a worse player than Trent Frazier has been in the past four games. Oh, he's whoa, 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 offense. whoa, whoa. He's playing pretty good defense. That's only half the game. He's a minus on offense. He's a terrible off guard. He is not a catch-and-shoot guard. He needs the ball in his hands to create a shot. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have the confidence. He's turning the ball over on offense. He isn't doing anything movement-wise to create movement for other players. to move he's, the defense. he's turning the ball over? He doesn't rebound. He threw the ball out of bounds three times last night. He had one, he had turnover, one turnover. He he's he is uh, one of the more he has a, for for the number of possessions he has fewer turnovers than almost anybody. I mean, I'm just talking off the top of my head here. I haven't looked it up, but I mean, he he's not a turnover guy. But no, when he has when he's playing point, he's excellent. He is a terrible two guard. And when you when he's in the game with Demonte, you have two people on offense that cannot score. Well, when, I guess when, you're right. Although Frazier and Williams, you you are playing three on five on offense. You cannot win that way. Well, they're going to have. They, I will guarantee you, they will go with Fraser to the end. 
because I think the coach believes in him and the players believe in him. I believe in him. I don't. I just think you got to go with him. He's been. He was a clutch player for Illinois in in many uh, close games then, during the course of the season, and I just think you're totally wrong on that. Then, then you have to. Then you have to play him a point guard because he's not a two. Well, you can't take Corbello out. He's too vital. Then you. Then you're. Then you're going to lose. You can't. Okay. Have, he doesn't. He's not a two guard. You're going to lose he's anyway. We're all going to lose. <laughs> Everybody but one's going to lose. Okay, well, then just, play, just, then just play the old guys, and it doesn't matter, I guess. Well, I just say let the other guys play their freshmen. That's all I'm saying. Let the other teams play their freshmen. Let's keep our freshmen on the bench. How's that? I, I, guarantee, I guarantee you every Final Four team has freshmen to play. Every Final Four team has freshmen that play. You might be right about that. You might be right. I, I mean, you. most, But you're talking about freshmen that are five-star supers. NBA no. bound players. I mean, that is, the, that is not true. Not Every, true. Final four teams have freshmen that will play that will not go in the first ten picks of the NBA draft. That's true. That is true. But they're they're probably so that, this, this this thing where freshmen where freshmen don't play except except for at Kentucky is nonsense. Ohio State has a freshman that isn't going to go in the top ten of the NBA draft that plays. No, but he's going to go in the draft next year. I mean, he's really good. That's, he's that's he, fine. So so Coleman Hawkins and Andre Cabello. Coleman Hawkins. If Corbello hadn't been concussed, he would probably go in the NBA draft this year. Who? If Corbello hadn't been concussed, he probably would be in the NBA draft this year. Oh, I, I, you know, that's totally wrong, but that's okay. I, I just, just have a good day. All right, Bill. Thanks. Let's go to Alan in Montrose. Good morning, Alan. Morning, guys. Uh, there's one play in the first half nobody's talking about. We wouldn't be talking about Illini winning the day if the officials had caught that. You know what I'm talking about? No, what? Kofi's uh, goaltending off the glass. Kofi. Not remember what the score was at that time. It was 27-23, and they showed they showed the replay, and he definitely goaltended. It came off the glass. It was a goaltend. It was a Look missed call, up. like uh, 100 missed calls during yeah. the course of the game. It didn't change How the end, end result. That? You can't take a play in the – Early in the ball game, and say, "Well, you know, let's re- subtract those two points, and no longer would have lost." That's not true at all. Get changes the whole complexion of the game. You know that. Well, that's true, but there's still it was miscalled. That definitely cost it, two points. You of could, course, it was you a miscall. You can deny it all you want. It One was, or something else. I would have played the freshman last night too. When you're going good, no, you don't need the freshman. But last night, all the other players are bad. We should have tried Melendez or Goody. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Okay. You're not the first. You're the fourth uh, person who's told me we should have played freshman. And I disagree with all of you. I didn't say they should have. I said. <laughs> well, anyway, I it's was come wondering up why they times. didn't. Yeah. And that's okay. They I mean, should at least try them anyway. As way we were way we were shooting, why not try them? I mean, what we almost had everything to lose. Well, the way we were shooting, we we're zero for nine. Maybe Plummer shouldn't have shot. But he did, and he well, made him, and, he and that turned the game around. He was the best one in the bunch, and he, was, he wasn't the greatest. We just got to shoot better is all we got to do, and I think we will. Well, I mean, how do you how do you arrange it to that we would shoot better? I mean, what control do you have? What control does anyone have over how a team shoots? Okay, what about free throws? Well, what control do you have? They're up there trying to make them. If they can't make them, what are you going to do? Tell them to make them? Well... 
you ain't going to last long. That's all. Well, okay. You know, you, look, like I said, everybody's going to lose. We know that. One team's going to win. The rest of us are going to lose. But, but you, can't, you can't do anything about free throws and shots. If you got an open shot at the end of the game, which McC- uh, Smith had, he should have made it. But he didn't. And Illinois won the game. If he'd made it, Illinois would have lost. It was that simple. It's making shots or missing shots. It's, it's all out of our control. Defense is not out of the team's control. They played good defense, and nobody is mentioning that today. They played really good defense. They gave up one field goal in the last 7.45 of the game. They gave up five baskets in the last 18 minutes of the game. That's really good basketball on the defensive end. I agree with that part of it. I do. But well, uh, I mean, Marks also threw the ball away about like we did, too. They gave us chances to come back in the game. Well, that's and, right. Uh, that's right. And we just barely, you know, took advantage of them. Okay, Alan. Yep, good stuff. They had 10 turnovers, and Malachi Smith was 4 for 20. Mm-hmm. So you got to put a little defense and on he's that. A, he's a, he's a, about a 50% shooter for the season. Yep. Let's go to Mark in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning. Well, for once, Lord and I are on the exact same team. The defense won the game, people. What game were you watching? Uh, you take Trent and DeMonte out, we're down 20. And then you got to try to come back. There's nobody making shots. The defense kept us in the game, especially in the second half. Uh, I thought Kofi played a terrific help defense. Change shots, block shots, along with uh, the defense of Hawkins played pretty good defense, but Plummer plays terrible defense. Everybody knows that. And they were substituting offense for defense at the end, if you notice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, every every Illinois player, ha- every single Illinois player has a severe weakness, and each one has a very strong asset, strength. So they're, they're, they're yeah. not comp- – this is strength. not Kendall Gill out there with – with total skills in everything, you know, offense, defense, shooting, every aspect. And he doesn't have Nick Anderson next no, to him. No, that's right. They're, this this team is imperfect, and they've got a heck of a coach that's doing a superb job hanging in there, tying for the Big Ten championship and keeping the team alive last night through defense because you can't control the shooting. And I've seen Illinois lose too many games in this NCAA tournament to sit here and 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 complain about a game that they won. Because exactly I've seen right. too many of them. I've seen too many of them that they lost that we should have won. Exactly right, Lauren. And uh, you know, I I still think I'm with you again. I think we're going to beat Houston. Houston looked terrific at uh, for most of that game, but I'm I'm just going to tell you we're going to beat Houston. Okay, Mark, thanks for taking time to call. We appreciate it. We've got some other uh, callers on hold here. By the way, our guest lineup includes uh, Sean Harrington. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour, so uh, we'll keep the basketball talk going at least through the first hour. Then in the uh, second hour, we'll bring in Dave Kaplan from NBC Sports in Chicago, talk some Cubs and White Sox baseball. Then Tom Ackerman at about 10.15. He's uh, in Jupiter, Florida with the Cardinals. Talk some baseball with him. And then at 10.30, Illinois offensive line coach Bart Miller will join us. Spring football practice starts on Tuesday. Let's go to Walter. You're on the Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk. Go ahead, Walter. 
Well, good morning. Hey, um, I don't know why any Illinois fan, uh, you know, should be worried about losing Brad Underwood. I hope someone at DWS is taking the names of these uh, potential coaches that are calling in. I've heard about <laughs> five or six guys that ought to be coaching Illinois or NBA, and so, man, I'm not worried at all. Thanks. That's all I got. Okay, we appreciate the call. All those people are undefeated, by the way. Let's go to Tony in uh, Champaign. Hey, Tony, you're on with us. My goodness. I'm trying to figure out, did Illinois win that game? I don't think so. Based on the phone calls, oh, my. You know, and I, I somebody called about Trent Frazier, and, you know, while he definitely has his weaknesses, when you got a guy like Tom Izzo saying he'd trade himself for Trent Frazier, he thinks he's that has that kind of effect on the game. I'm not sure what games these guys are watching. I mean, Lauren, you're going to get a lot of agreement this morning. I agree with the previous caller. All those coaches out there should just go coach. I wonder how many of those coaches, if they were in Underwood's place, that know what Underwood knows about the game, would be willing to put people in the game. I just I, well, you know, first of all, Demonte is the best coach we can get. Demonte Williams would never played a, a minute for a lot of these coaches. He just wouldn't. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, Underwood sees his value, and they can play with four offensive players. And it is true that last year he was effective from the three-point line. Uh, I don't know what happened between last year and this year. It's just it's shooting, and, and shooting can't be – shooting is never consistent for, for anybody, except maybe the superstars in the NBA that make them all. But Well, if he would have played the freshman, if he would have put the freshman in and Illinois loses, those same people who are asking for the oh, freshman – <laughs> We say, why'd you play the freshman? What's the matter with him? Yeah. I hope he goes to Kansas State. Blah blah blah. I mean, <laughs> come on, go find a team that you can be satisfied with. Just I, I get, you know, watching these teams over the years. I, you know, you come to agree with Lauren. You just got so many people are falling the sword. If oh, they didn't win by twenty, they should have won by twenty. They should have won by thirty. They've got more talent than that. It's just like, come on, guys. There are a lot of there's a lot of parody in college basketball these days. Well, so oh boy, is there ever? Gonna, and and it's going to keep going that way, but because of the NIL. I mean, yeah. how many people are going to be able to buy their players legally now? I yep. mean, you had so many of them that were buying it illegally and getting away with it. You know, now the slime balls in, in places like uh, what's the, what's that Auburn places like that are going to be able to buy them legally, maybe. Yep. He'll probably do something still to cheat. But, uh, <laughs> cheat, it's almost, cheaters yeah, cheat. It's almost to reach a point where well, he can't cheat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, one of my favorite things to hear him say was, well, what'd you learn? Uh, they they used his name, but I'll say, what'd you learn, Slimeball? And he said, well, I learned it's important to tell the truth all the time. <laughs> oh, oh, it isn't? <laughs> so I, I'm happy that we have Brad Underwood. I hope he stays here until he retires. And I think that uh, if people are dissatisfied with the way he he coaches, go find another team. I mean, you know, don't get don't lose your joy over uh, a ball game for crying out loud. It's, a, it's mean, this I, time I of year. Just about every time, every year, this time of year, I have to dig out my my old quote that a lot of people, many many people, aren't happy unless they're miserable. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's that's true, and I suggest. <laughs> don't follow the, you know. Don't watch the game. Well, I, I, I got. I just got to go, say this go about. I got to say this about Frazier. He came back for a fifth year, and we're awful happy that he did. 
and Illinois wouldn't have tied for the Big Ten championship if he hadn't been back. And he made a couple of key foul shots last night in that game, and he only had two points. But I know. He had a bad game, Steve. Yeah. He couldn't make a shot, and I understand well, that. And his, his big problem, I think, is the same thing as DeMonte. Their height challenge. They're, they're, all these teams are getting these taller guards, and, you know, Illinois doesn't have taller guards. They're 6'1", 6'2", at the most, you know. I mean, they add to their height when they measure them, I think. But I think that's the biggest issue because they can't get their shots because they're not tall enough. These longer guards, 6'4 and 6'5, can shoot over those guys. Yeah, there's a lot of that. You're right about that. Yeah. This is a big This is a yeah. big uh, Chattanooga team, and I think a pretty good team. When you analyze that they got transfers at virtually every position except John Baptiste, and and he's a he's a big guard for six one. I mean, he weighs about two hundred. So I mean, they, they come in at pretty physical and extremely experienced. Steve, am I right? They had yeah. one guy that's twenty six years old that played. I mean, you know, it, it, it never was going to be easy. Did anybody think it was going to be easy? Did anybody think that <laughs> Illinois was just going to run over them? I mean, Illinois is not well, running. Look what happened, Wisconsin. Wisconsin had a buzzsaw that they were dealing with last night until they figured out stop letting them shoot threes. Well, yeah. Michigan State as well. They get by with a one-point win. Tony, we appreciate yeah. the call. Oh, Thank you very much. Right. I, t- I tell you, the most stunning yeah. thing for me was how bad Williamson and Loyola played. I mean, they really played bad, and that's almost not the same team, but it's the same school that Illinois lost to last year. And... Uh, I just couldn't. I mean, they were in, they were absolutely inept. That's the only that's the only word for it. Let's go to uh, Marty in Pinehurst. Good morning, Marty. Morning, gentlemen. If I'd known Ackerman was going to be on, I would. I may call back again. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, there's an old line I heard a long time ago when I was coaching: defense wins championships. And. Uh, because shooting comes and goes, as Lawrence pointed out, and as I coached, every coach knows it. But uh, there's a reason that Frazier and Williams play, and there's a reason that freshmen don't play sometimes this time of year. I I love Melendez, but I remember a Rutgers game where they put him in because he'd been hot against Northwestern the game before, and Ron Harper just took him to school immediately. Yeah. And they had to take him out of the game. If you If you can't – play defense on a, on a team level and do the things that you have to do to interconnect with the other guys on rotations, you hurt the team. And you can complain about, people do, about Corbello, but is a pretty darn good defensive player, and he's one of the best defensive rebounders on the entire team. So people need to, to live a little. Do they remember the four or five years that we didn't get in the NCAA tournament and everyone was whining because <laughs> we weren't in the NCAA tournament? Does anyone do any of these people? And this guy that's talking about Frazier, he needs to get off the drugs he's on and try something new. By the way, uh, the biggest concern I, I have coming out of that game, one of the biggest, is is the defensive rebounding. Illinois gave up 16 offensive rebounds by Chattanooga, oh, yeah. and that really worries me because I'm not sure we've got enough beef in there, and I'm not sure there's, there's enough beef on the team to do. You can't play Verdunk, I don't think, and you can't play Payne alongside. Uh, Alongside if, Kofi, if which was Houston, one of one of the early season Houston thoughts, rebound. and you just can't do it. Yeah, if you let Houston rebound like that, you lose because that's how they live. Mm-hmm. They like to live. They, they shot abnormally well last night for what they usually do. They're an offensive rebounding team. That's how they get their points. So we better hope that uh, 
you know, it, it will help a little bit. I don't know if Granderson is going to be able to help at all. Uh-uh. I know it doesn't look like and, it. And he's a guy that helps on the board. So, yeah, this, we'll find out. I, I'll trust Underwood to come up with something, if, if nothing else, to just ream people over the head with it for a day and a half talking about it, hopefully to get them in there thinking about rebounding. But, yeah. guys, boy, the the usually people come out after a loss a little harder than they do after a win, don't they? Oh, this this game last night was nerve wracking for everybody. It just oh, yeah, it just sure. drove you crazy because just Why about the you time you think they're back in the game, they give up a run at the start of that second half, and now they're behind forty to twenty nine. And you think, oh my goodness, will we ever get back? I I could I figured out in my own mind at a portion at a point in that game, I realized Illinois was a better team if we could just yeah. get over the. You kept waiting for the little spurt to put yeah. Illinois up by yeah. ten. Yeah. I'm a, how many times do they get within a point or two, a basket or two, and you think, okay, now they're going to get over the top and take control, and they just didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Marty, good stuff. Always good to hear from you. Right. I'll call back. All right. Bye-bye. 9.30 is the time. We need to get a break in. Uh, for you folks still on the line, uh, Mark and Steve, hang on if you like. Sean Harrington is going to join us as well. We'll continue Illinois and NCAA basketball conversation when we get back on the Line I Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online PellaofChampagne.com. Well, welcome back to the show, everybody. 936, the Line I Saturday Sports Talk. Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Sean Harrington is on the line. We'll join Sean in just a moment. Telephone lines look like a Christmas tree this morning. Let's go uh, real quick to uh, Mark in Urbana. What's on your mind, Mark? Good morning, guys. Uh, hey, you know, we the thing is we won. Uh, defense came through, and hopefully defense will come through tomorrow uh, uh, because it's going to be a rock fight, I think, tomorrow. Um, I just uh, um, I totally understand um, the as far as um, our, you know, we need to rebound better, uh, and, and I'm just worried about that. But, um, you know, what we won, and I, and I often think, about what about five years ago we weren't even in the in the uh tournament so um you know we just have to keep keep grinding and and playing uh, uh defense and and uh hopefully that uh trent and uh, the guys the guards will come around um uh we don't have to be they don't have to be world beaters but just just be uh open things up for kofi a little bit and and i'll just hang up and listen Good Thank stuff. You. Yeah, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. They, they live to play another day, and that is tomorrow at 11.10. Let's go to Steve in Princeton. Good morning, Steve. Hey, I just want you guys to know that I cancel all appointments from 9 to 11 on Saturday morning <laughs> to listen to you guys. But uh, the second thing is, Lauren said it many times, the NCAA tournament's a one-game shot. It's not a series. And if it was a series, Kentucky would have beat St. Peter's nine out of ten times. But that was the one time St. Peter's did it 
And you guys know, does Kentucky have a sports show like you guys do on Saturday morning? Oh, like boy, I'm sure they like do. And, and it's going wild down there. They want to get rid of they want to they want to fire the coach, don't they? Listen, I spent five years in Lexington. I guarantee you, they've had the same show on for three straight days <laughs> since that game was <laughs> over. They're still going. <laughs> oh man! Well, that's but why. Anyway, the... but go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that you know everybody's been kind of negative, but it was a one-time deal. Illinois got by this, so forget the negative stuff, you know. Uh, but like I said, it's a one-time deal, and Lauren's seen that for years and decades. Hey, Steve, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. One thing one thing for Sean Harrington, I did his formula that he used. Wisconsin and Illinois ended up with a five, and Sean says that you will be a co-champ if you're a five. Purdue had a four, and they finished third. So Sean's formula works. Very good. We appreciate the call. Let's welcome uh, Sean Harrington, who uh, – has that uh, same kind of uh, uh, mind frame that we have. On to the next. It doesn't matter how you get there. They don't ask you how, right, Sean? It's how many. And uh, I had my doubts, as you know, because I texted you midway through the game last night to remind you about uh, your uh, appearance with uh, with us this morning. And I wasn't real confident then, but they had just enough to get it done. That's exactly right. There's 32 teams left. You're one of them. you got to enjoy it. Uh, you know, we, we can't sugarcoat it. It was it was ugly. <laughs> it was frustrating at times, but it is a win, and that is that is all that matters at this point. And uh, if they had lost that game, then we could come on here and we could rant and rave and, and point out every negative thing that they did and be frustrated. But it's a win, and you have to enjoy it. And uh, there's a handful of ranked teams that are not playing right now, and they all went home in that first day. So. Uh, you're you're one of 32, uh, and and the the really good thing about the NCAA tournament is one game does not affect another, and, and we've seen this before where one team has played really good and then they just lay an egg two days later, or one team has played really bad and they come out guns ablaze the next day. So uh, it is a one game series. It it is one and done. It's super exciting. It's it's stressful, uh, but it's it's a whole lot more fun to be a part of it than to watch it at home and, and not have any rooting interest. So um, it was ugly. Try to enjoy it because 32 teams would trade places with Illinois in a heartbeat right now. And as you mentioned, one game does not necessarily uh, mean much in the in the next game. And the next game is shortly after 11 o'clock Central Time tomorrow against Houston. We'll keep the phone lines open for Sean if you want to jump in, 217-356-9397. Much of the conversation in the first uh, 30 minutes of the show was about the shortened bench last night and the fact that uh, Goody didn't get in. Melendez didn't get in. Your thoughts on that? Did you uh, did you notice that going along? Did you have any issue with that? No, you know it's you got to trust the coaches and they got to have uh, a feel for where those guys are at. This it's the NCAA tournament's unlike anything else, and I know a lot of those young guys have come in and given really good moments, really good minutes, and some key games this year and contributed to winning the Big Ten championship. Um, but it, it really is. If you don't, if you don't have the, the trust and, and think that they can come in in those spots, then, then you can't put them in. And you know, as bad as things were offensively, outside of the first probably five minutes of the ball game, Illinois played really good defensively. And, and I mean, you're talking about you know locking them down. And, and Smith is a really nice player, and for him to get uh, you know. 
12 points or whatever it was on 20 shots. And the whole Chattanooga, under 35% from the field, they were doing some really good things on the defensive end. And, um, you know, they just couldn't buy a bucket. And the, and the offensive flow was not there. And uh, could, could one of the young guys come in there and hit a shot? They, they might have. Uh, but it, sometimes it's just one of those nights that nobody's clicking on the offensive end. Um, you know, you, you do get the extended break. Uh, in the NCAA tournament, it's, it's longer timeouts. So you get some guys rested uh, in those situations. But uh, to be honest, you're, you're, you're playing your best when you really are playing seven, eight, maybe nine deep. And, and, and guys just get into a better rotation, better rhythm that way. Um, so we've got great freshmen, we've got great young guys, but I've never been a, a guy that's believed that you can play 10, 11 guys and, and get the best out of them. I think your best is when you're at your rotation of eight or nine guys. Absolutely. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Corbello was plus 18 in that game, but is there is there something happened to the movement of the team now that he is, is dribbling so much with the ball? Do you see, is there enough movement and coordination with the offense? Um, and by the way, what has happened to the mid-range shooting game? They didn't have a single mid-range basket last night. No, yeah, and you know, it's it is it's two different teams a little bit when Cabello's out there. When he ha- when he's on the floor, he has the ball in his hands a little more. He's a creator, so the offense is a little different. Um, but the offense did not look good when he was not in the ball game. So um, I know a lot of people want to jump on, uh, you know, put a little bit of the blame on Cabello when he's out there. Everyone they, they just stands around, but uh, that offense sure did not look good in the first three four minutes of each half when Cabello was not in the ball game. So. Um, you know, he makes plays, he creates, he gets into the lane, he can break down a defense. Uh, it's a different offense. Maybe it's not going to get moving around the perimeter quite as much when, he's, when he has it, but he's going to create plays. And he set guys up, got him some open bucks. Um, so I'm okay with it. And, and, you know, he had six turnovers, but Illinois does not win that game last night if Andre Corbello does not play. And he, he, was, he was an energy guy. He was a spark plug. He gave you a little bit of life on that offensive end. Uh, obviously, Plummer was huge, too, knocking down those couple threes when Illinois had nothing going. But that game is lost if Andre Cabello is not playing in the ball game. So uh, you have to take some of the good with the bad. Uh, you know, he obviously had some of his turnovers, but you can point the finger in every player's direction out there that, that they had their fair of, of, of mistakes. And uh, I thought Cabello's uh, uh, positives outweighed the negatives last night. And, uh, they don't win that game without them. Talking to Sean Harrington. Uh, Pete is with us on the telephone lines. Go ahead, Pete. Good morning. Enjoying the show this morning. And uh, I uh, really am a fan of Trent Frazier and a couple of the callers earlier that have said that uh, he, he needed to be benched or whatever. That's just nonsense. I mean, the, the guy, you you got you to gotta run with, with Trent Frazier. He made a play mid to late in that game where we stole the ball. I think Kofi actually made a defensive. Uh, he, he slipped over and caused a turnover. Trent took it and took it down the floor like he was going in for a layup. But he found uh, Plummer clear across the other side of the floor, and that was a huge three at the time. And I thought that was just an unbelievable pass that Frazier made. It really was, and I don't think he would have made the pass in that fashion if Plummer hadn't made the previous one. He felt that Plummer was heating up, and he gave him the ball to to, to prove it. I thought that was a really smart play by Frazier. Absolutely, absolutely. And Trent's a warrior. I mean, you run with that guy. 
late in the season, you don't go eight or nine deep. You got to go with the six or seven or eight people that you feel confident with that you are that are assets out there, not liabilities. And I slowly have. Um, Cabela's won me over slowly this year. <laughs> he uh, he uh, he makes you nervous, and I, I really think even tomorrow's game is we're going to go as Cabela goes. Um, mm-hmm. Kofi is got, they're going to drape all over Kofi like they did last night, like they do every night. But uh, if Cabela can make good decisions and um, and find people and, and and take it to the hole when he feels like he's got an opening. I think we'll win the game because our defense is going to be solid. Hey, Pete, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Sean, uh, what's your reaction to the way teams are attacking Kofi now with uh, two or three players and fouling on as soon as he gets the ball or at least double-team, triple-teaming? I mean, it, it's it got to be frustrating for him. It, it is, yeah. And you know, I would do the same thing. I, I think you have to just you know throw the house at him. Um, you know, that's Illinois' biggest advantage. You can you can't rely on three point shooting every single night. There are just going to be nights where you're not making them at a high percentage, and when that happens, you have to go inside. And Kofi's high percentage, and um, you know even if he's not making shots, even if he's not making free throws, he completely changed that game with just getting the entire Chattanooga team in foul trouble. Uh, he hurt a guy, <laughs> they banged knees. He went out. He got uh, six fouls, I think, uh, on, on the bigs in the first half combined um you know so even if he's going one for two at the line it really changed that game by putting them in foul trouble you get into the bonus now other guys when they get fouled they get to go to the line and shoot because of the work that Kofi did early it's it's kind of like uh a team that just grinds you out in football with the running game right you're not going to break 70 yards every single time you're going to you're going to chip away you're going to pound people then when it gets to the fourth quarter you you grind it on the entire game and you wear them down and um, you know, I give Illinois defense credit at the end of that game, but Chattanooga, I think, got tired. They just they didn't hit shots. They didn't they 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 didn't make plays. Um, they wore down and they looked tired at the end of that game. And that's a forty minute grind. That's not just something that happens at the beginning. So Kofi's going to see double teams. He's going to see triple teams. Um, they're going to continue to throw that at him. Uh, Houston loves to trap the post. Uh, they'll, they'll throw two guys at them, but Houston's got some big bodies. They got four guys that they can rotate in there uh, to, to give a shot at Kofi. Uh, but they they love the trap, so there's going to be a post trap. They're going to post trap hard. He's going to have to make quick moves in this game, or he's going to have to kick it right back. And, and hopefully, their shooters then and, and shots are falling like they were not yesterday. But uh, yeah, teams are going to do that against Kofi. But he, he's got to stay the course because even when he's not getting 25 or 30. I believe he wore Chattanooga down in that ball game, and it helped Illinois late in that ball game. Well, Sean, you were a three-point shooter, so I'm going to bring up something about the mid-range game that just seems to have disappeared. Uh, what? I guess it's the worst shot in basketball because it's only worth two, but Illinois didn't have a single one last night, not one mid-range jumper. Now, there was one non-three-pointer that – was reviewed uh, that uh, Plummer shot out of the corner that they later changed to a two-pointer. You could say, well, that was a mid-range shot because it wasn't a three, but it was actually, he thought it was a three. He just had his foot on the line. But what's happened to the two-point shot? You you know, I I, I don't know. I don't know if people are, uh, because they say so much analytically, it's a bad shot that it's in your head that you don't want to take those shots. I, I, I have no problem with a shot fake, one dribble pull-up from 17. And yeah. if, you can, if you can master that shot, I don't know what's wrong with it. 
I think instead of that move, you're starting to see the shot fake sidestep dribble and shoot a three. And that's kind of taken the place of that mid-range. So, you know, I would never discourage anyone from shooting a mid-range jump shot. I I think, obviously, if it's a three and it's open, you're taking it and you're a good shooter. But, uh, you know, I'd love – that was that was the only shots I had. The majority of my shots were threes, and then it's it's a shot fake, maybe one dribble, seventeen feet if the guy flies at you. But um, I, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with a mid range shot. The three is not for everybody. Um, you know, in a game like last night, when you're not making them, you know, can, can you rely on getting to that seventeen foot range on shot fakes? You need to take those. Uh, I understand the analytics say take a layup or a three. Those are the highest percentage shots, and that that mid range isn't analytically the greatest shot, but I just, I think we rely on that stuff too much. And, and if you're a great mid range jump shooter, um, you know, take it. And uh, Avery Johnson's calling some of these games in the NCAA tournament. You know, he lived at the 17 foot range in the NBA for 15 years, whatever it was, you know, he never took a three. So uh, I believe he's got a championship and, and had a very successful career. Uh, so I, I love the mid range and it's, if it's there, take it. Uh, but I would never discourage someone from taking a mid-range shot because analytically it, the percentages aren't there. Well, if I'm Luke Goody, and I know they're going to overguard me because I'm, I'm a three-point shooter, I'm going to be I'm going to develop that 15- to 17-foot shot because I know I can get there with a quick dribble because they're, go, they're going to be over the top of me all the time, and you've got the pick-and-roll situation where you can get there. But nobody does it anymore. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but Illinois didn't yeah. do it in this game for sure. Yeah, it's a lost art. There's no question about that. But it's, uh, uh, you know, it's something that that definitely can be taken to your, you know, used to your advantage. And and like I said, I would not discourage anybody from shooting a mid-range shot. And and that's something that I think everybody should be working on in their individual improvement uh, to get to those mid-range jumpers when they're available. A couple more minutes with Sean Harrington. Carl is with us in Forsyth. Go ahead, Carl. Morning, guys. My take uh, last night was I think the team played tight. I think they played afraid to lose. Everybody was picking them to lose or Chattanooga to upset them. They lost to Lola last year when they probably were the better team, and they just looked like they were afraid to lose to start that game. Well, I, I don't know. I don't what do you know. think, Sean? You know, it's, you can't get in the, in, the, in the minds of the players. You know, they can tell us what they're feeling. Um I believe that last year could have been hanging over their heads a little bit. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's a tough taste to have in your mouth over the entire off season. Um, you know, obviously they got the big 10 championship, something that they, they really wanted to get this year. They didn't get last year. So they're checking the boxes uh, of accomplishments this year and having a great season. Um, but the NCA is a different feel and whether you had a tough loss the year before or just, being in that atmosphere, it's different, and everybody responds different to it. Um, uh, it. It's hard to explain it, but there's a magical feeling, and there's a different feeling in an NC tournament game than anyone you play. Uh, it feels that's different like, than the conference. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's exactly what I was saying. The NCAA is a whole different animal. They, every team, that, that's how come a 14 seed can beat a, a two seed or something. You know, it's just. Uh, you just never know, and that just – you get tight. And I just, I just think the guys looked tight last night. Okay, Carl, appreciate that. Hopefully Thank going you. going forward. Okay, go ahead. 
Okay, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Let's go to Bob in Champaign, hanging on here with uh, Sean Harrington. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, I um, just wanted to say I really appreciate all the conversation this morning. Um, just a, a point. Uh, first of all, I just want to say a really uh, big fan of, of, uh, of Hawkins. And, um, and, and yesterday in the game, towards the end of the game, um, he had kind of a sophomore moment where he uh, kind of lost his composure a little bit. And I want to commend uh, Coach Underwood on uh, his faith and his player to leave him in because he doesn't leave him in. Probably no one else gets that block at the end of the game. Um, that was that was really uh, a great coaching moment, in my opinion. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is, uh, Sean, I think you're exactly right. I think the uh, the mid mid range game is uh, kind of a lost art, but uh, I think there's plenty of players that could make a living uh, with that shot. Exactly. So, listen, hang up. You bet they could. Okay, Bob. Good stuff. Uh, squeeze in one more for Sean. Al calling in Champagne. Go ahead, Al. Hey guys, Big Al here. How you doing? Okay, what's on your mind? Great win. Oh, quickly, uh, I want you guys to look at the at your DVR again and see that game and watch Trent Frazier. Okay, there was something wrong with Trent's left eye. Uh huh. Yeah, he looked really like he got a at it. looked like he got what's poked that? a while back. Well, plus he had pink eye too. So okay, yeah. he had pink. I knew the conjunctivitis, and then but you could see that there was like a like a, a small black. Mark under his eye probably looked like he got hit there, but his half, his his left eye was half closed that's most of the game. In fact, and so I'm assuming that that could hurt his shot. Well, it would it would me if I couldn't see as well out of one eye. Good no, point. It's possible. Yep. Anything else, Al? But I will say that he's I, been I a little erratic to lately. Bring that up and what a great win it was! I tell you. Um, my son, my son in California, he said he had to be resuscitated around the, um, <laughs> the, the end of the game. He said he could, my blood pressure is coming down about uh, 20 minutes after the game was over. So <laughs> it was a, it was a tight one, but it was a, a win is a win is a win guys. Let's yep. go on. Okay. Thanks Al. Sean, do you Thank get you. more nervous now watching a game like that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> than, uh, as if you were in the ball game? Well, you, you always get nervous when you're not in the game, you, when you have no control over it. Right. Um, you know, that, that it's, it's tough to watch. And, you know, I've gotten really good over the years that I, I try to not let it to uh, get to me too bad. I've been in a lot of those situations, um, you know, and, and, and you just got to have faith that they're going to pull it out. But it, it's always more stressful when you're a fan than when you're actually in the ball game um, and you have uh, some control over what happens. Well, Illinois is the higher seed tomorrow, but a four-point underdog in the uh, ball game to Houston. You think that's about right? Do you think it's a toss-up uh, game or what? Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's real close. I, th- I think both teams are are, uh, are very similar as far as ability-wise. Um, you know, I called a lot of games in the American this year, so I got to see Houston up close uh, a few times and watched a lot of their games, and, and they're very good. It's a very good team. Um, they are very good on the defensive end. Uh, you know, that's what we talked about. I think Herbello is really important because he's the one that guy that can kind of break you down. Houston's not going to give up a lot of open shots. They're going to make you work for their for your looks. Uh, they're going to take you're going to make a lot. You're going to have to make a lot of contested shots. Uh, so I think that's really important. Um, I said they got a lot of big bodies that they can throw at Kofi. They can rotate guys in, so they can be physical with him. And a couple of their big guys are skilled that can step out and shoot three. So Kofi's going to have to come away from the basket when uh, Fabian White is playing the five uh, and they have Carlson on the bench at times. 
Um, so that matchup there is something to, to take a look at. And, um, and we talked about the depth of teams. You know, going to your bench, Houston is very thin right now. They lost two of their top perimeter players uh, early in the season. Uh, so they can get worn down as the game goes on. Uh, and I expect it to be a physical, kind of grinded out game. But if the tempo can get up and down a little bit more, make those guys uh, play harder and play faster, I think that uh, uh, goes to Illinois' advantage as the game goes on. Because Houston is a team that can be very thin at the guard spot at times. So they're only going to play four guards for those three spots. Uh, so they can be worn down or foul trouble can be an issue for them at times as well. Hey, Sean, always appreciate your time. Uh, always fun to talk hoops with you. And hopefully we'll have a couple of more opportunities before the season winds down. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. and Enjoy the game. Nothing better than playing in March. That's right. Thank you. Sean Harrington with us at 10 o'clock, WDWS and 93.9 FM. As we have hour number one in the books, hour number two coming up. By the way, a programming note, the Illinois baseball game today against the SIU down in Carbondale has been moved to 6 o'clock. You can hear that right here. We'll take a break. We'll keep the phone lines open. We're going to talk a little baseball, Cubs, Cardinals, White Sox baseball coming up. And we'll get back to basketball and some Illinois football as well in hour number two of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. My name is Denise Martin. I'm a diehard Illini fan and admittedly love the Cubs. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right questions, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want now and years from now. Call us today at 217-355-9390. Moving up on 10.04, heading into hour number two. The High Pebble Saturday Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400 DWS with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. David Kaplan in Chicago standing by. But first, Rich has been hanging on during that break. To talk basketball, I'm guessing real quick. Go ahead, Rich. Good morning. Go ahead. Let me let me throw something out here that I feel true, and maybe you do too. In every great championship run or good good season or good finish, you win a game that you shouldn't win, and and you look back on it and say, "We just got past that one. We're lucky to get past it." I think last night was our game. Now we should roll. I think we'll hammer Houston actually because of Jekyll Hyde. We're due to shoot the lights, shoot lights out tomorrow or Sunday. Yeah, tomorrow. Okay, well, let's hear what uh, Dave Kaplan has to say about that. What? Dave, Dave, how's your how's your bracket going? You got a bracket? <laughs> yeah, I don't have any of my Final Four gone, so I'm still alive. I I was surprised Iowa went down in the manner that they did, considering how well they played in the Big Ten tournament. Um, I love the fandom of your caller that you just had on because that is a fan speaking. <laughs> this Houston team, now you may beat them. You may beat them like a drug. They're no joke now. Kelvin can coach, and they got talent, and you're going to find a team that will guard you from the minute you pull into the arena. So I'm looking forward to the game. I'm excited to watch all this. Uh, you know, this. the beauty of this tournament is like in the NBA, okay, you lost game one. What adjustments can we make? And we get this guy back from injury, and we'll make this change. 
Nope, not in this tournament. I watched Wisconsin nearly lose last night in Milwaukee with 97% of the crowd wearing Badger red, and they escape uh, against a Colgate team. If you go back and, like I subscribe to Ken Palm, go back and look at their numbers back in December when they're losing to teams that were horrible. And by the time they roll around to March, these guys can get them ready to go. Well, I, I think you're right about Sam, uh, Samson. I don't like him because of the things that happened while he was at Indiana, and I thought he was, you know, he was caught cheating at Oklahoma as well. But uh, he's they a good—he's a really good coach. I mean, he—he—he he, he knows. You're right. They will play defense, and Illinois will play defense. So I think this is a pretty pretty much a toss-up, even though Houston is considered a, I guess, a four-point favorite. Yeah. Look, th- having been around the game for a long, long time. They, I'm not saying 100%, 90% of these high-level schools, if you really held the letter of the law of the NCAA rulebook up, they're all breaking the rules. They're all. I'll tell you a quick story. When I was coaching, I had a kid I was recruiting. He got recommended to us. I'm at Northern, and we were recruiting this kid out of Oakland, California. Why? I have no idea, but he had a relative in the area. you got to recruit our nephew. He wants to come to the Midwest. Kid comes in from Oakland. I pick him up. It was 24 below windshield. I'll never forget it. And he gets off the plane. And this is back, you know, you could walk to the gate and wait. This is pre-9-11. And he gets off. He's in shorts, flip-flops. <laughs> That's it. And I looked at him. I said, where are your, like, where's your warm coat? I don't own one. <laughs> you don't own a warm coat. And we got in the car. There's no remote starter back then nothing i get him in the car he's shivering cold and i'm like well we're gonna lose this kid. and we went right to burlington coat factory i was making forty two hundred dollars a year as the assistant at niu we go to burlington coat factory i think it was called and i bought him gloves a hat a coat some warm pants and i didn't have the money to pay for it i put it on my credit card and i ended the school didn't reimburse me northern no chance. And was that a violation? Yes. yes. But they're all doing something. Well, we want to talk to you a little bit about baseball. It looks like baseball is going to be back, and uh, spring training games began yesterday. Uh, get us up to date on what uh, you think is going on with the Cubs these days. Well, I think everyone's upset this morning because they saw Carlos Correa sign with the Twins last night. Yep. Now, Carlos, here's the backstory on that. So Carlos switched agents. He switched from whoever he was with to Scott Boris. Well, if he signs a long-term deal, like a 10-year deal as has been rumored, his previous agents would be entitled to a, a pretty nice commission because they had been working on him and his recruitment of different teams prior to him deciding, I'm going to switch and go with Scott Boris. So this way, he signed a three-year deal. So if, God forbid, he plays horrible or he gets hurt, the $103 million is all guaranteed. But Minnesota, you want me to come to where? Okay, here's the deal. I get an opt-out after year one and an opt-out after year two. And for people not familiar with that is, he could go out and hit 580 with 700 home runs this year, and he could go, yeah, I'm gone. I'm leaving. And he void the second two years of the deal, and he's gone back to free agency and Ben Boris gets the whole commission. That's what's driving this. And that's a one. That's a <laughs> that's a one-sided uh, contract, I would say, in favor of no him. No question. 
But if you're Minnesota, okay, you just went and traded for Sonny Gray and Gary Sanchez, and all of a sudden you look and go, I don't think Detroit's good enough yet. Uh, Cleveland's not even trying to compete. So hang on a minute here now. The White Sox are good, but are they that good? They haven't gone and added a number one starter, and starting pitching was horrible for them in that playoff series loss to Houston. So all of a sudden now you look and you think if you're Minnesota – well, what do we have to lose by this? We have the room under the luxury tax. They're not ever going to go pay the tax. We go get Carlos Correa. He's motivated because he wants to opt out, so we may get a monster year out of him. And who knows? Seven teams in the playoffs now, or six teams. We may end up falling into the playoffs, and who knows what happens then, and we can add on more at the trade deadline. So I think it's a great deal for both teams. How do the Cubs fit in, in your mind, uh, heading into uh, this season? Um, they don't have enough firepower. I just don't see it. Now, the kid they got out of Japan, uh, Suzuki, he's a really, really good player. Uh, San Diego and a number of other teams that think they can win the World Series were trying to get him. He was intrigued by coming to Chicago and being the guy. That was A, B the large Japanese population in the Chicago area, and he has a big brand in Japan. And being on a stage like Wrigley Field, he's going to make a lot of money. The Cubs paid him $85 million in salary and then I think another $14 million in a posting fee that goes to his Japanese team in the uh, professional league in Japan. So that's a $100 million commitment. He had an on-base percentage over 400. He hit over 300 every year in Japan, nine seasons, and he had 38 home runs last year. So this is a guy that should slot in, and he's a gold-glove caliber defender. So they got a really, really good player. I just don't think they have enough pitching. Marcus Stroman, he's okay. He's not, oh, my goodness, Max Scherzer just showed up here. Kyle Hendricks. Uh, but I look at that team, and they, they have some pitching coming. It's in the lower minors. It's probably two years away. But some real high-level arms, maybe they'll come quicker. Brennan Davis is the 15th-ranked prospect in all of baseball. I think he's here this year if he stays healthy. Had a great season in the minors last year. But don't forget, all these top prospects in 2020 didn't play anywhere. They were stunted because of the pandemic. So everybody's delayed a little bit in their maturation process. So we'll see how this all shakes out. They're getting better. They're not there yet. Cappy, um, talk about Bryant and this big contract he signed. And I see Rizzo's going back to the Yankees, and they got rid of Voigt, which uh, he was a good right-handed hitter. What do you think? So Rizzo made a bad mistake. You know I love Anthony. I have good relationship with him. I hosted all his charity events for all his years here. I did a radio show with Anthony for six seasons. I love Anthony Rizzo. Anthony made a terrible decision. He was offered $70 million last spring by the Cubs for five years. He wanted Paul Goldschmidt money, five years, 135. Well, so do I, but I'm not as good as Goldschmidt, and neither is Anthony. Plus, 32 years old, he's had a history of his back locking up on him. Numbers declined the last couple seasons. Gold glove guy and aces in the community. Great dude. So when you factor all that in, the Cubs offer was fair. They then came back to him and said, look, Riz, let's just get this done. We'll go to $80 million. That hasn't even been reported. And he said no. He felt that was disrespectful to him to offer him, after he had taken that extension back in 2013, 
far below market value. He took it, cancer survivor, the whole deal. You know, I want to protect my family if, God forbid, the cancer comes up. I get all that. The Cubs pay you for what they believe you're going to be, not what you've been. That, that's the way you got to do business. Hey, man, I'm going to sign this. Lauren Tate, well, what's he going to do for you? Well, he's been an unbelievable Pulitzer Prize winning writer. Well, is he going to do that for me? <laughs> I got to pay him for what he's going to do for me. So ended up breaking off talks. He was unvaccinated. I'm not getting into the whole COVID thing, but that became an issue in their clubhouse. They had five guys last year who chose not to get vaccinated, and that was Bodie, Hayward, Arietta, Sogard, and Rizzo. And it became a problem because they were one of the only teams in baseball that was not at the protocol level for 85% vaccination. So guys couldn't go out to dinner. It was more of an issue in that clubhouse than people want to admit. So they finally said, okay, we're not winning with all these guys. Baez turned down a deal for 180 because they, the pandemic and it didn't get signed in time. Boom. He says, all right, let's just wait. Well, his numbers weren't very good. So the Cubs said, we're going to trade him. We're going to trade Rizzo. And all of a sudden, Rizzo signs two for 32. So I guess the Cubs were more than fair in their offer. Let's go to the south side. And what, what do you think about the White Sox? Uh, I love that team. I think that team can win the World Series. I just don't believe that they're done. They can't be done. The White Sox have got to add another high-level starting pitcher. They have to. Frankie Montas with the Oakland A's makes a ton of sense. I mean, a ton of sense. He was a former White Sox prospect that they traded away, and he threw 187 innings last year, which in today's game, 187 innings, that's a horse. You don't see guys do that anymore. He's 27 years of age. You control him for this year and next, and then he's a free agent after 23. But they're going to ask you for a ton and last year was the first real breakout year of his career. So if they say to you, we want Andrew Vaughn and Garrett Crochet, are you paying that stiff a price for a guy who had a great year last year, but is that a one-off, or is he going to do that for me again? So Rick's in a tough spot. It's the, the easiest thing is to tear something down and build it back up to a certain point. Now – how do you get it from this point to, all right, now we got to add on and go get this ace. Lance Lynn, he's a very good pitcher. He's not a superstar. Lucas Giolito, he was terrible in the playoffs. That's why they lost to Houston, not because they can't hit. They Go look at the starting pitching in those four games for the White Sox. Horrible. I mean, awful. So, And Rodon's not even there anymore, and I wouldn't have re-signed him. So they've got some question marks in their rotation. Their bullpen loaded if they stay healthy last year they lost Jimenez and Robert and all these different injuries if they could stay healthy and find a way to add somebody at the top of their rotation or in the number two spot they can win the World Series got time for one question on the phone lines for David Kaplan Jim is with us go ahead Jim hey Dave thanks for being on today you make me a little sad with professional sports and college sports with the slime Scott Boris, basically the Correa deal is because of him getting a windfall down the road. But I want to ask you, you, you said 90 to 95% of schools basically don't follow the letter of the law. And I, I want you to tell me, so right now 
what was it, the end of the Big 12 tournament, Bruce Weber had that press conference, and he reads this statement for about six minutes talking mm-hmm. about that FBI I investigation, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and he said, and did you notice what the Big 12 did and the NCAA? So he gets done, and he says, well, you know, all these guys are still in the – they're going to play in the NCAA tournament with the exception of one. So he gets done, and they say, okay, thanks a lot, Coach Weber. And then no follow-up questions. You know, that's, that's the garbage of the NCAA. Weber didn't cheat, right? Calvin Sampson right. cheated. He got, he got Eric Gordon. So, if, if, so I, a long story short, a guy like Bruce Weber, you tell me Bruce Weber's storyline at Illinois, if Eric Gordon – plays for the Illini, Bruce Weber may still be coaching at Illinois, but he's not a scumbag. And the scumbag is probably going to move on in the NCAA tournament. And that's why you make me sad today. And I, and I worry about the current Illini basketball staff too. So I'd like to know when you say, you know, let's, let's put it on the line here. You say 90 to 95% of schools don't follow the, the letter of the law. The high level. Yeah, okay, but I want to tell you, I'm asking you, is Illinois one of those? You, you answer that question. I will answer that question for you. I don't believe they are, but there's a different. I love Bruce. I love Bruce Weber. I would have let my kid play for Bruce Weber, and that, to me, is the highest compliment you could give someone. But you also have to know how the streets work. There are people in the world who are book smart. Oh, man, look at that resume. Straight A's and amazing in school and they just are something not there in terms of street smarts you're talking to someone whose brother graduated number one in med school number one in college number one in high school and he's an eye surgeon trained at the mayo clinic you're talking my me myself that wasn't me if we had a test the next day i wanted to watch the game the night before my brother who loves sports as much as i do nope i gotta study my point is you have to have street smarts to go into the inner city to be able to be comfortable with all types, from CEOs to garbage men. You have to know how to play that game. And Bill Self, Bill Self is as good as I've ever seen at doing that. So is Brad Underwood. Brad Underwood is smooth, man. I love that guy. And Lauren will back me up. When they hired John Gross, I went on Lauren's show and I said, this will not work. It's a bad hire. Did I not say that, Lauren? That's exactly right. And I think you've got the right coach. I mean, I, I, I know there's some talk about him, uh, an interest in Kansas State, or at least Kansas State's interest in him, but I don't think there's any chance. That he, I shouldn't say any chance. I don't think well, he's going. When, my point is, when you got me on after Brad Underwood, I said to you guys, you're going to win the Big Ten with this guy. This guy knows how the game is played. He gets his kids to play hard. He's a family guy he's a quality human being and brad i've been with brad underwood when he goes recruiting from when he was an assistant to now brad knows how to walk in a gym and people just like him he is just he's got that charisma that it factor brad knows how to get guys to play hard he can get in their face and they love playing for the dude so Again, when I say 95% of the high-level schools don't follow the letter of the law, that could be buying a, you know, a, a coffee for someone where you're not supposed well, to. Well, and that's different and, than and a level know. one uh, infraction. You're, you're not talking yeah, level no. ones. You're talking about no, I'm not. minor stuff, and, 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 and I'm sure you're right. 
Hey, Dave, appreciate your time. Always good to catch up with you. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, get me on someday and let's take calls from people. I would love to do that with you. All All right. right. We'll schedule that. Thanks very much. Be good. Thanks, Cap. That's David Kaplan in Chicago. Let's go to Jupiter, Florida. Tom Ackerman standing by, getting ready to do some spring training work. Thomas, how are you? I'm doing great. I want to throw some questions at David Kaplan. That's my guy. (laughs) Hey, I'll tell you what. We'll get both of you on, and we'll just open the phone lines and sit back and have at it someday. (laughs) Yeah, my man. I was listening to what he said, and he's right on the money. But, yeah, I'm doing well down here in Jupiter, Florida, Cardinal Spring Training. And congrats to the Illini. What a terrific win. Survive in advance, baby. So they, they get Chattanooga and move on. Great for them. Well, we've got you for a limited time here. I know you're waiting on maybe a chance to talk to the newest Cardinal, Corey Dickerson, who was signed this week. But we want to know, Cardinal fans want to know, give us something positive, if you could find something positive about uh, <laughs> in the pitching, Jack Flaherty and Alex Reyes. <laughs> Yeah, let me do my best, uh, and I think I'm okay on Corey Dickerson for a while. He's out on the field still, I believe, taking live batting practice, so I just watched him take some some BP, but I think he's going to be facing some pitching here shortly, and that's what they need to do is ramp him up and get him going. It won't be long before you see his lefty bat in the lineup wearing number 25. Uh, so that's there's one positive is the Cardinals reinforced their outfield depth. They've got a pretty good outfield. I mean, you're talking Tyler O'Neill in left, Harrison Bader in center, Dylan Carlson in right, Lars Newbar can play those positions, and he can also DH for you. Then you had Dickerson, who's mostly a corner outfielder, left fielder, and he's got that lefty bat that they needed. So they're in good shape there, uh, really good shape in the infield. I was just watching them take some practice there. Best defense in baseball, Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, Paul DeYoung, and or Edmundo Sosa at short. You know, they were kind of out there rotating and having a good time, and then you know, the all-world third baseman, Nolan Arenado. I mean, that is some serious, serious glove work there in the infield. And all the pitchers need to do is pitch to contact, and they're going to get themselves some ground ball outs. I mean, those guys are unreal. Um, and you have the best catcher uh, that I've ever seen in Yadier Molina, who will show up here on Monday. So he has not been at camp because of personal reasons. So that's also a positive. Now to the negative stuff. Uh, the Cardinals have four starting pitchers, and they don't know who their fifth is. They're not going to have Jack Flaherty for the start of the season and maybe longer than that. Uh, he's had a, a small tear in his right uh, shoulder for a little while. Uh, it's, a, it's a small labrum tear. And he's actually said to have pitched through it for quite a while. Anyone who's had a, a little bit of a labrum issue knows that you can function, um, but occasionally there will be some pain, and, and in his case, some inflammation that – had to be addressed, and so now he's out. Uh, he's going to rest for a couple days and then not throw for two weeks. Then at that point, you have to start your spring training over, basically. So how long is that, right? Four to six weeks, probably. So you're talking, you know, it'll be end of April, early May before you could possibly see Jack Flaherty, and probably longer than that. Alex Reyes, late May, early June. His is a little different. He has a labrum, a frayed labrum, and so the stem cell injection that he received Flaherty received a PRP injection. Uh, is going to keep Alex out. They're going to they're going to get him some rest for a while. So he'll be out till late May, early June. Uh, the the positive stuff there is you do have some depth. I mean, outside of Adam Wainwright, Dakota Hudson, Miles Michaelis, and Stephen Matz, pretty good foursome that are all healthy. You have some depth there. Jake Woodford, who's been strong for them, really down the stretch last year, they really liked him. 
Drew Verhagen. They signed big, tall right-hander, a uh, big, strong guy who, who throws down in the zone and gets ground ball outs. Aaron Brooks is more of a strikeout specialist. They like him as a potential starter. And then there's the number one pitching prospect in the organization, and they've made it a point to say that he's in this competition. And that's Matthew Libertor, the, the lefty that they picked up from the Rays in the Randy Rosarena trade. He's been with them now for a couple years, and he pitched yesterday after uh, Adam Wainwright pitched and a very good first spring training game. So that's kind of where you are right now with the Cardinals. Talking to Tom Ackerman, Marty has a question for Tom. Go ahead, Marty. Yep, and I'll make it quick. Tom, first of all, I, I just want to let you know that we were glad to help Indiana get into the NCAA tournament. We did our job for him <laughs> and dropped the game. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a um, good, it was a good, good year for us. My uh, my question piggybacks on that. I was going to ask you if Libertor had a legitimate shot to make the rotation and or would the Cardinals get in on what's going to be a feeding frenzy on Manaya and Montas from the Oakland A's, and I'll uh, shut up and listen. I do think that Libertor has a chance to make this rotation, but there are some pitchers that are have been brought here for that reason, and I mentioned Verhagen and Brooks. And definitely Woodford has the inside track on this. They love him. Uh, but, yeah, I think if not now, fairly soon, you're going to see the big lefty pitching at the major league level. I mean, he's the minor league pitcher of the year. The next step is just that. They don't want to rush him necessarily, but they want to get him into major league pitching mode, not try to do too much, just do his thing, be competitive, throw strikes. And they he did that yesterday. They liked what they saw out of him yesterday. And they made a point, John Mosellock and Ollie Marmel have made a point to talk about him. That tells you that they're thinking about it. So, yes, he has a shot. The free agent market's a little thin uh, right now, so the only other option, I think, unless you bring in a veteran uh, out of this thin free agent market, is to make a trade, as you're suggesting, with the Oakland A's. It's hard to say because the Cardinals might be a little gun-shy in trading prospects. I mean, they've done this before with Randy Rosarena, and it came back to to hurt them, although they did get liberatory in the deal. Uh, So, you got to be a little careful here. I think if you're them, uh, they love their prospects. They love what they have right now. They're not going to. Uh, John Mozeliak's not going to show his hand. So he didn't say anything yesterday about a trade. I don't know that he would ever, and has he ever uh, indicated anything? Trade. He keeps trades very, very close to the vest. Whereas when it comes to a free agent, he will openly or you sort of read between the lines, hear in his voice that he's shopping. In this case, it sounds like they're going to go with the internal options, but I would not rule out exploring a trade. But when you're talking about those two pitchers for the A's, now you're in a competition. Everybody wants pitching. Everybody wants starting pitching depth, and everybody has prospects. So now you're in a bidding war with other teams, and when it comes down to we want A, B, or C out of your farm system, that could be a tough move for the Cardinals who their whole philosophy is to grow from within and never ever be out of the playoffs so that's that's a a tough situation for them to go forward how's your NCAA bracket going terrible yeah (laughs) I I got smoked on the first day I had Kentucky winning it all but as an Indiana fan I have to say that it didn't uh didn't bother me whatsoever to see St. Peter's move on uh and I had Iowa in the final four and they got beat so that that was a tough first day, but uh, I am I'm absolutely entertained by it, and I had a good time watching last night. Illinois, Wisconsin, 
Michigan State, the Big Ten representing well. And I can't wait to, after all of our baseball activity here, maybe pour myself a cold one and catch some basketball today. Well, it's always fun. The March is always fun. And it got uh, a little funner. for More funner. More funner for baseball fans <laughs> now that uh, baseball is back on the horizon. I can't wait for the uh, regular season to get started. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> April 7th at Bush Stadium is one of the great places uh, in sports. And if you haven't done it, you should do it one time. Even if you're not a Cardinals fan, if you're just a baseball fan, it's worth seeing opening day at Bush Stadium. They really do it right. Nobody really does it like they do it. And I can't wait for it. And, it's, you know, it's been a while now. It's been a while since we had that at full capacity. Last year wasn't. year before that wasn't. So here we go. Hey, Tom, appreciate your time. Always good to catch up with you. I know you're busy, and uh, keep up the good work. Anytime, fellas. Appreciate it. You bet. Tom Ackerman, sports director at KMOX in St. Louis. He is in Jupiter, Florida. It is 1031. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Need to take a break. We'll do that and be back with more after this. Stay with us. It is 1035. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk heading towards 11 o'clock. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. Coming up in just a few minutes, going to announce uh, this week's winner of the $50 gift card at Game Day Spirit. Hopefully you've uh, gotten in this week and registered for that. We're going to pull the winner here shortly. Chris in Muhammad is with us. Go ahead, Chris. Hi, guys. I was in India for the game Thursday, and what an atmosphere it was with, you know, uh, with uh, uh, St. Peter's beating Kentucky and um, – one team there that could uh, go a long ways, the, when I said Tennessee Volunteers, they can shoot lights out, and uh, they had the outside game and inside game, and the, um, they're a tough team out, I think, in this tournament. So I uh, just wanted um, just a great atmosphere in Indy again and had a great time. Well, good deal. I'm glad you were able to enjoy that. And uh, are you going back? I'd like to. No, I'll be watching the rest on uh, TV, unfortunately. But, yeah, I sure would like to. But uh, so that you know, the you know, price of the penny gets a little high there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. We appreciate the call. You guys, have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. 217-356-9397 is the number. We do have an open line uh, going at the moment if you'd like to uh, join us and talk some more basketball. I had plenty of basketball conversation in that uh, first hour. Today's games get underway right when we get off the air today. North Carolina against Baylor. That's an 8 against a 1. That's in the East Region at 11 o'clock. That's the problem with being an eight. Yes, Your second is. game is going to be a, the best teams in the country. Then uh, number nine has the same problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Creighton will play Kansas in the Midwest at 140 this afternoon. Number 11 seed, Michigan with Tennessee. Uh, at the uh, three seed, Tennessee's playing pretty well right now. By the way, speaking of seeds, this is the seeds in the tournament, which is Goes back. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to be confused on the actual year that the seeds actually started. But do you realize that Illinois, in their history, in their history of Illinois basketball, has only defeated two seeds higher than themselves? Now, when you're a number one seed, like they were in 2005 or 1989, or you know, or last year, you can't beat a, a seed uh, above you. <laughs> there is no seed above one. But and that might have been true uh, way back too, but uh, I just bring that up because Illinois had a had a tough time beating seeds above. Now this this is not 
This is a game, of course, uh, they're not playing a seed that's above them. Let's uh, bring in Bill real quick from Rantoul. What's on your mind, Bill? Yeah, uh, when you're talking to Dave Kaplan, it kind of brought up something I really haven't got to talk to you guys about. Uh, the loss of Les Grobstein was, to me, a big loss. Mm-hmm. I just have this opinion that he never, I used to listen to a lot of Chicago sports shows. He never got the respect I don't think he deserved in Chicago. But do you guys have that feeling too? Probably, uh, yes. Uh, well, part of that is he, he, he worked the graveyard, uh, graveyard shift for so long. He worked those overnights. Yeah. Um, not, not just anybody could do that, especially for as long as he did. But he was a good friend of both uh, Lauren and myself. And uh, What a memory. We certainly miss him. He was a, talk about a walking encyclopedia of yeah, he, uh, not just Chicago sports. Yeah, yeah. He, he was he, big on Illinois stuff, He remembered stuff everything he ever saw. Yeah. Yeah, they, I was. I remember hearing, like, I think it was him that he used to, like, take his tape recorders to games and, like, announce his own games on his tape recorder so he would not know what happened during the game. Yep. Yeah, he was a great guy. I really miss him. All right, Bill, thanks. We appreciate the call. We're going to talk Thank some you. Illinois spring football for the next uh, few minutes. Bart Miller is with us, Illinois offensive line coach. Good morning, uh, Bart. How are you? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on this morning. No problem. Do you have an NCAA bracket, or do you have time for that? <laughs> I don't have a lot of time for that. And, uh, <laughs> usually my family fills one out just for fun, but, but uh, this year we've been, we've been kind of hitting the grindstone, and, and uh, I just got back from a trip down to Arizona with my family, so we, didn't, we just kind of had some family time this week. Well, you got spring practice starting on Tuesday and uh, practicing two or three times a week for about a month with the uh, spring game set for April 21st. Give us an idea of uh, how that is shaping up uh, from your position of the offensive line coach. You've got the one big guy back in Palcheski and uh, talk a little more about uh, some of the guys that you'll be counting on. Yeah, absolutely. We're pretty excited. Uh, obviously, we have a new offensive system going in, um, but, but there's a lot of carryover in terms of uh, the terminology and, and obviously some experience coming back in a lot of positions. You know, up front, uh, getting Paltrow back um, for, for his last year is, is really, really uh, kind of a blessing for us, just the experience he brings and, and the versatility he brings. You know, he could play tackle, he could play some guard, um, and we're excited for him. Julian Pearl's another one that played some last year and really kind of uh, came on towards the, especially towards the end of the year. He's very, very talented, um, and, and he's got a couple years left. So he's, he's a guy that, uh, as he continues to mature, I think will be a very, very good Big Ten offensive lineman and, and probably our next big-time guy, um, you know, in that Vidarian low type of type of range there. Um, and then and then really a couple of young guys that are we're excited about um, that are coming coming up the, the chain, guys, uh, Illinois guys like Zach Barlev and um, Josh Krutz and, and some of those guys. And, and, uh, and then we got these two in, incoming guys, uh, Isaiah Adams, who's a JUCO transfer, JUCO All-American out of Garden City, and then Zai Chrysler, who um, – really came up from from uh, Mississippi that are uh, I have high high expectations for so um, then Jordan Slaughter's another one that really kind of gets lost because he, he missed last year um, but Jordan Slaughter could play uh, both guard spots could play a little centers for us so um, we've got some pieces in place we obviously finding the right right five guys to compete um, and, and really kind of gaining some leadership and gaining some experience to be critical but we do have some talent coming up to the chain, and we're really, really excited about this freshman class we have coming in, too. So. Uh, Bart, this is Lauren Tate. Uh, do you see yourself working this spring uh, more uh, somewhat with the tight ends 
uh, under the circumstances. Uh, do you see, uh, w- or is this going to be completely separate from what you do? No, that's a that's a good point. And and Lorna, while we're on it, you know, um, just Ben Ben Miller is a great friend of mine, and and uh, certainly we wish him and his family the, the very best. He's uh, going through a little bit of a battle right now, but he's a very strong um, man and and uh, very very highly convicted. And, and I think he'll he'll. But we, I, you know, myself, Coach Lunny, um, we all have tight end experience, so I think that will um, help. You know, kind of kind of embracing his position group and, and adding them. They're kind of an extension of the offensive line most of the time, anyway. Um, so I think we'll we'll probably split those duties a little bit, and then we've elevated a guy named Greg Folick who really does a great job with our special teams as well, uh, who also assist in that. So it'll be kind of a group effort. Uh, I'll probably take most of them during the run game and and some of the inside drills and those type of things, but. Um, yeah, I don't foresee that being being too big of an issue. One of the things about the offensive line that we've noticed over the years is you try to get a group to work together, that the coordination is, is so important among the five individuals. Uh, do you think you'll be able to come out of spring with a, with a unit, or do you still think you'll still be working on that? That's the number one goal going into spring. You know, Each spring there's different goals we set. Last year it was kind of establishing an identity, uh, learning the offense, all those type of things. This year – uh, it is developing that cohesiveness, right? Developing that cohesion with the line, finding some leadership. You know, losing a guy like, like Vidarian, losing a guy like Doug Kramer, um, even a, a veteran guy that, that didn't play all his years with us, but Jack Bedovinak played a lot of college football. <laughs> that type of experience and, and, and senior leadership is hard to replace. So um, that, and they also were kind of the shell in that locker room. So I think just um, developing that cohesiveness, developing that comfortability with one another, uh, finding the right five, you know, we do have some versatility. Um, the both the junior college guys could play tackle and guard. Paucho could play tackle and guard. Julian is, is a tackle. Um, we got to find, you know, so the, the right five pieces right there. And and uh, so that that's our num- my number one goal is coming out of spring is to develop that continuity um, and that cohesiveness, and then and then obviously develop some leadership up front. Talking Illinois football with Bart Miller, the offensive line coach. The new offensive coordinator is Barry Lunny Jr. Did you know Barry uh, beforehand? Not, not personally. We knew of each other, and we respected what he has done. Um, not just at UTSA, but when he was with Coach B at Arkansas, I heard a lot about him as well. And you know, in this business, we know a lot of the same people. So when he got hired, I, I got uh, quite a few text messages and phone calls that said he's a great coach, even a better guy, and, and I've enjoyed working with him so far. How would you uh, describe his offense? Uh, multiple, balanced, um, physical. You know, these are all kind of words that come come to mind. You know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, obviously a huge emphasis on running the football, but I think it just you know, the ability to, to play at the pace and the ability to uh, spread it out a little bit at times uh, will only help us in that area. But um, it's it's a fast, physical, downhill attack-based balanced offense. Talking to uh, Bart Miller, another couple of minutes. Uh, some of the goals here going into the uh, spring practice uh, time. I don't know if, if a guy can win or lose a job in the spring or not, but uh, what are some of the goals you have for the, for your bunch? Well, I, I, you know, again, kind of talking about the, just what Lauren said about the continuity and the cohesiveness of those five guys working together to, to effectively dominate their opponent. It's the only position in sports that operates that way. And, um, losing that experience from, from some of our starters last year um, is, is something that we really need to, to, to replace and, and, and find a way to, 
not only build on, but obviously to, to, to kind of fill those roles. So that's that's goal number one is to find that cohesiveness, find that um, you know that continuity up front, and find those starting five uh, at least at least going into camp. You know we, we're going to need um, uh, too deep, obviously, to, to play. And, and last year we used eight and, and to play, and, and even some freshmen at times. So, um, I think just developing really where those guys can fit, uh, the continuity of that group, the cohesiveness of that group, and some leadership. I think is goal number one. And continuing to build on the success we had running the football last year. I mean, that was a big thing for us in in, in the way we were able to move the ball up on the ground last year. Uh, we do need to improve in some pass protection and, and some of those areas. So um, we've got a we've got a busy spring ahead of us, but we're excited about it. Hey Bart, appreciate your time. Good luck with the uh, spring practice. We'll be talking to you again soon. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. That's Bart Miller, Illini offensive line coach for football for Brett Bielma, entering year number two in Champaign-Urbana. 10.46. Need to take a break. We'll do that and be back with more. A little open line the rest of the way if you'd like to join us. And we're back after this. The Pella Window Showroom in Champaign specializes in windows and doors. Illini Pella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock. Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. Illini Pella, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. PellaofChampaign.com. Ten forty-six on I follow Saturday Sports Talk. Going to draw the game day spirit winner here in just a minute. The first is going to Ron in Urbana. Ron, what's on your mind this morning? Hey, fellas, I'm enjoying the uh, show this morning. You know, it seems to me Illinois has evolved into a strong defensive team this season. They face a lot of strong defensive teams in the Big Ten. So my question is: Has Houston faced strong defensive teams in their conference? I think the answer to that would be no. But I, I can't verify it, really. That's just an opinion that I have. And it's based on the fact that they played so few level one teams uh, during the course of the season. Memphis beat them twice. And then the last time they played, Houston, this is just last week, Houston in the just, tournament, they beat, they just well, killed they beat, them. Right? I mean, I mean, yeah, in the, in the tournament. Yeah, that's what I, so it's a, and, and anybody that's seen them play will tell you they were a different team in that game than they were in the first two games with Memphis when Memphis beat them, obviously. So well, I, I, no, I just I, couldn't get much insight on it. And I was uh, just wondering if you fellas had heard much. Well, they didn't, they didn't have a great schedule, but they're still a very strong team. I mean, that's, fairly obvious, but no, I don't, I don't think they played the schedule that Illinois has by any means. Then I like our chances. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, I, I like our chances too, but <laughs> I do think that it's going to come out. You've you got to come out and hit shots, that's for sure. Appreciate the call. You've still got a few minutes, maybe six or seven minutes if you want to jump in here. 217-356-9397. And if we're in March Madness and all your March Madness Fighting Illini Game Day merchandise is available at Game Day Spirit, two locations on campus and on South Neal Street or online as well. Time now to draw our Game Day Spirit winner for the week. We'll give away, or they give away, a $50 gift card each week. And this week's winner of that $50 gift card is Michael Johnson. If you'd like to get involved in this throughout the week, go to the Facebook page of WDWS or WDWS.com 
to register. Look for the Game Day Spirit icon there and uh, click at the top of the page and it'll show you how to sign up to get involved in that. And we announce the winner every Saturday morning during Saturday Sports Talk. So Michael Johnson is the winner. And uh, hopefully he'll use that $50 card to get some Illini merchandise as we work our way through um, March Madness at Game Day Spirit. So the Big Ten, six teams moving on into the round of 32. Not too bad. No, it, the, the games are so close it could have gone either way, yeah. Steve. I mean, really, I mean, uh, although Indiana unfairly uh, treated relative to what they had, you know, they had an overnight trip after they won what was it in Dayton, yep. and they had to go all the way out to the West Coast, and they had they had plane troubles, and they didn't get much sleep, and, and, and they looked terrible in their game. But uh, by the same token, Notre Dame had a situation similar, although they had one more day of rest, and Notre Dame really played well. They did, and that's so, coming off a double overtime game. Yeah, they had a yeah. double overtime win over uh, Rutgers when Rutgers was on the verge of winning that game, but couldn't quite pull it off. Boy, that was a that was a terrific game, Steve, with baskets back and forth. And sometimes you throw it up and it goes in. Sometimes you throw it up and it goes off the board on a three, which we saw in that game. I mean, this is crazy how shooting can go from one extreme to the other. If you haven't heard, uh, tomorrow's tip time, Illinois and Houston. From Pittsburgh is 11:10, right here on the Fighting Illini Sports Network on the radio and on CBS on television. That'll be followed at 1:40 by Ohio State and Villanova, and then later in the afternoon, Michigan State against Duke. And at about the same time, Wisconsin plays Iowa State. So heavy-duty uh, Big Ten presidents on Sunday. Not to mention uh, Purdue playing at 7:40 against Texas. These are all Champagne times. I'm giving you Michigan plays today against Tennessee. Michigan, uh, I thought, got a little bit of a uh, little bit of a bonus for whatever reason in their original seating in this thing. I thought uh, an 11 was. Uh, I thought maybe they might be in one of those play-in games in in Dayton. Well, they they kind of struggled, but uh, they still have a lot of potential there. They're just missing that point guard. And they got a, they brought a rookie in there. I believe his name was Brooks. There's two Brookses on the team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they brought in a, a freshman. And uh, for all those who think we should play freshman, he really played pretty well. So maybe we should play freshman. Got a text here. Somebody uh, wondering if we had a chance to watch Glenbard West in the state tournament. This uh, texture says they may be the best team ever in Illinois. That that says a lot, but uh, can't argue with their record. Um, they're really good. They really played well together. Yeah, and uh, was there a second-best team? I mean, I know Whitney Young was in the finals, but um, I don't know if the comp- – was. they were just clearly the best. Yeah, the best team ever in the state of yeah, Illinois. Yeah, that's a that's, big statement. That is big. And I'm not going to try to compare a team in 1972 or right. 1962. or the, You know, you can't compare teams 50 years ago or whatever, but this is an awfully, awfully, awfully good team, and they had five really good players, and they're well coached, and everything played good defense. I mean, just they, you know, they had everything. Their only loss was to one of those all-star, all-star prep schools on a last-second shot. You could make an argument that they are the best. Yes, you could. You could make that argument. It is ten fifty-six. We'll take a final break here on the show, and be back with some final words for you after this. Stay with us. Couple of minutes left on Lanai Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. Appreciate you listening and 
All the phone calls from the fans and the wannabe coaches early in the program today. Always fun to talk Illinois basketball. The Illini back at it tomorrow at 11 o'clock. And with a win tomorrow comes a trip to San Antonio next week. But uh, Illinois, slight underdog against Houston tomorrow. That game that tips off at 11-10. Had a text here wondering about uh, the Judson Twins during their time at uh, the University of Illinois. Did they ever play in the NCAA tournament? And uh, Lauren remembers a lot well, about the those guys. That's no. I mean, uh, because you, in those days you had to win the Big Ten to get in the NCAA tournament. And in 55 and 56, when were there 53, 54, 55, 56, when uh, Paul Judson was a starter on all three of those teams, along with Jim Wright and Kerr and Hooper in the early years and, and Harv Schmidt and Bonsal in the later year. Um, they just they finished second a couple of those years to Iowa, I recall, and um, didn't get in the NCAA tournament. But they had really good teams. In fact, his record those three years was 17-5, and 17-5, and 18-4, and didn't get in the tournament. Could have won the national championship any one of those years. They were that good. A couple of other notes. The uh, baseball broadcast for today's game at SIU is 6 o'clock this afternoon or this evening, however you want to term that. And congratulations to uh, longtime Illinois swimming and diving head coach Sue Navisky, who announced her retirement earlier this week after 22 seasons on board. So, Josh Whitman looking for a couple of yeah, coaches done, on the women's side. Yeah, women's basketball coach and now women's swimming coach. Appreciate our guests today and all the phone calls. We always like doing that. We'll do it again next week. Sean Harrington joins us to talk some basketball, as did David Kaplan, Tom Ackerman, and Bart Miller. On Illini Pella Saturday, Sports Talk, Dave Leak is our executive producer. In the final statement, uh, Neville, Brand, Neville Brand died in 1992. He was a star of Stay Like 17 and uh, a couple other cell movies. <laughs> On WDWS, Champagne Urbana for Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good weekend, everybody.